Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Has Zinger said, subbing in for Colin Lovequist, number ones at one. It's kind of a gloomy Monday in Rider Nation, but all is not lost. Team is three and two. Team will be back on the practice field tomorrow, getting set for a big game against the BC Lions. You know, my phone was blowing up during the game. Oh, Trevor Harris is terrible. Bench him. Get rid of him. Why did we ever sign him? Well, you got what you wish for sometimes, and careful what you wish for. So Trevor Harris is done, as you know, with a broken knee, basically. Broken knee, when do you see that? Hard to believe, at least at this point, they don't think he wrecked anything in terms of uh, ligament or anything like that. Which is good. You'd rather have a break than ligament. But you are smoking some of the good stuff if you think he's coming back this season. There's no way he's coming back this season. I I did some digging with some medical personality. You have a better chance of winning the lottery, I think, than coming back this year. So you have to go on the presumption that he's done for the year. Take his five hundred grand off the books. Should be able to sign a few people, maybe. Kick the tires on some people if 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 you if they're deemed worthy. And we turn the keys over to Mason Fine, who's in his third year. And Zenger, I'd said this on Twitter, and it's getting a reaction, mostly negative. Shocker. Uh I think Jake Mayer and Mason Fine are a good comparison. I think Mason Fine, Jake's not overly mobile. Mason can run when he has to, is evidenced by a 24-yard run. I think they have the same arm strength. I think they're probably the same in terms of their processability. Like, I think the Riders went and got Trevor Harris because they need to win now. That's why they got him. They need to win now. This coaching, this coach, this GM, they're on the last year of their deal. They need to win. You know, he gets hurt. Now you got to turn things over to Mason. Fine. I don't think the season's lost. Am I going to tell you we're winning the Grey Cup? I didn't tell you we were going to win the Grey Cup with Trevor Harris either. I said 9-9, nine and nine, maybe 10-8. and eight. I'd amend my prediction right now. I think if we can get some of our guys back, figure out that offensive line, 8-10 and is doable, 9-9, nine and nine, get into the playoffs. I really, I, I'm not... I'm not negative yet. I don't think we're done yet. Luke was pretty emphatic that our season had been carted off the field, and that might happen. But I don't know. Let's give the kid a chance. We're like, we got to develop quarterbacks. We've never developed our own quarterback. Here's a chance. What do you want? You, a lot of you people want to see us develop a quarterback. So now let's rally behind the kid. Let's rally behind the team instead of throwing your hands up in the air, some of you, and being negative. It's, it's a lot harder to be negative than it is positive, you know? Well, we're going to find out real quick if Mason Fine can do something. You know? Well, I mean, let's be honest. The O-line, which I have a tough time being overly negative with because they're banged up, man. They were on our third left tackle. Um, 
They had three, fourth. They had three tackles before this guy, Eric Lofton. We're on our second center. You mentioned some money off the books. Is it time to call up a guy like Derek Dennis? I don't know if he's, I don't know how healthy he is. Is it time to call up the Lemonade? Yes, there we go. Like, I don't know. That is a mystery to me. That guy, almost defensive player of the year, was the Western nominee, losing to Malden. We need a pass rush. And the guy got ousted out of BC because they went with Kong Kongbo, but then he wasn't a good fit after one week. He's still not in the league. Why is that? Why does it keep bouncing around? Everybody I talk to say he's a great teammate. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, when it when it when it relates to Trevor Harris, uh, like I said, I did do some digging. I talked to a couple of medical personnel. One a former CFL athletic therapist. Couple of doctors. Um, so their way of thinking was this if the fractured part of the displaced uh, here's what he says really depends on what they see when they do surgery in terms of Harris's future here if the fractured part is displaced it would be a lot tougher the bone will heal no problem it will just be if he has ongoing arthritic type knee pain from the cartilage damage being optimistic I think he can come back from this in terms of playing age given his fitness level should not impact much maybe the length of time for healing but once healed he should be okay but he is done for the year that's what this couple of educated people told me there's no way he's coming back riders haven't ruled him out We'll have Coach Dickinson on to see if we can get any more information after five. We have to move forward. So that's the question of the day, 936-6262. Harris is gone. Our prayers, thoughts and prayers going up for him. You know he's not done, Zinger. He's not going out like that. He's going to come back and fight in battle. Guy's twisted steel, man. Um, it was an ugly injury, though. Oh, I was so depressed oh, after the game. Oh, I was up for him. Yeah, I didn't not even for myself. I didn't even want to talk to anybody for like two. I just started talking about the game literally an hour and a half ago. I'm like, I was so mad. Anyway, nine three six sixty two sixty two. Our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. What do you think of uh, the Riders' prospects going forward? How do you think the season ends up record wise? Do we make the playoffs? Just want to get your overall thoughts. Are you in? Well, you're in Mason Fine's camp. Do you think it's going to be him, or do you think it'll either be Dolagala or? Or Shea Patterson that ends up being the quarterback. 936-6262. You're welcome to call in at that number or 1-866-767-0620. Let's take an audio trip down memory lane to last Saturday. Runs into a pile. Bounces outside left. There's a flag down. Gets the edge. 50. Midfield. Calgary 50. Calgary 40. Calgary 30. Calgary 20. Still going. He is in. Touchdown. Saskatchewan. Looking right. Here's a line drive. Throw down the sidelines. It's caught. Luther Akinavanu is tackled by the ankles. A touchdown-saving tackle by the safety, Jaden Dalkey. Here's the kick on the way, and he's good. Slices it through the yellow uprights for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 51 yards left to right down Main Street. The snap, the kick is on the way, and this one is good. 
four options in the passing game to the left, but he's looking right now back over the middle, throws, complete Begleton, been a favorite target, weaves away from a tackler, and now he's down the left sideline, 40, and dancing, still dancing away from Deontay Williams, takes the shotgun snap, looks left, slide step, throws to the end zone, open, touchdown yep. on the far side, that's too easy, Wait, Tommy easy. Lee Lewis. Bouncing around the NFL on the Calgary Nagless for seven years. Here's Mayer, takes the snap. He's going to throw to the right side of the end zone. Hockey Nevada's open, and he scores the touchdown. What happened there in behind Jeremy Clark? Here's Mayer, under pressure, and he's sacked. Finally, the Riders get a quarterback sack, and why not? Pete Robertson has arrived. Second and nine, Riders from their nine. Harris backpedals, looking left, throwing the corner route. It's caught over on the far side, breaking tackles up the far sideline. For a first down is Jamal Morrow. Mayer drops the pass. Running to his left, being chased by Brian Cox Jr. He'll throw. His arm was hit as he throws. It's up. Deflected. It wasn't caught. Or was intercepted. Caught. Yeah. Intercepted. Deontay Williams over here to the left at the 40, at the 45. Tackle at the 47. Trevor Harris, obvious passing situation. Takes the shotgun snap, stands up in the pocket. He's going to run to his left and opens up. Midfield, Calgary 50, Calgary oh. 40. And he got, oh, oh, he got twisted up. Oh, he got twisted up like a pretzel and he could be hurt. Yes. That looked terrible. And he is down, but he got a first down. Oh, Trevor no. he Harris. Rolled up. He is in we, terrible shape. Oh, man, this might be the riser season we're seeing just slip away here. He is grabbing his knee. Mayer with Mills in the backfield. He had it off to him, and Mills runs over a tackler, Jaden Dalkey, for a Calgary touchdown, and that could be lights out. They're up 26-17 with 5.26 to go. Fine, fakes a handoff tomorrow. He'll look, he'll throw over the middle. It's caught. Mitch picked in to the six-yard line. Takes a shotgun snap. Look, swings it out tomorrow. Has to spin to make the catch. He's in the five. Yep. He's in! Touchdown! Saskatchewan! Jamal Morrow! Here's Fine. In, under pressure. Dances out. He's going to throw it down the left side. Tevin Jones. Double coverage. Jump ball. He oh, caught it! Oh, and he's going to score! Get it he scores! Get it he scores! Get it Touchdown! Yes. Saskatchewan! The kick is up, and this one is good! And the Calgary Stampeders win in dramatic fashion. Oh, what a dagger that hurts. Talk about so high and so low, just like that. It went like you went from a wedding to a funeral in about 42 seconds. <laughs> That's the sports equivalent. Listen, people, here's the other debate, Zinger, before we go to break. People were actually, now I don't know if Coach said this, and he didn't say this with us after the game. I don't know if he said it on the, like, where all the media talked to him after. Like, told Tevin Jones maybe he should have gone down. No, no, no. In that situation, when you're going up, you're just surprised the ball's there. You're adrenaline, 28,000 are cheering for you. You're running for the end zone, right? Yeah, so, the, the only scenario where that would be the right thing to do is if you, you only needed a field goal, but you need a touchdown. Yes. And you can't just assume that you're going to get that and touchdown the way it's with going, your backup yeah. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. And and they'd had trouble in third and short, second and short. They're Goofy. terrible in short yardage, better in second and long. So, yeah, the Riders are bad on first down. 
bad on second and short, so-so on third and short, and really good second and long. So, yeah, take the touchdown. Where the Rough Riders lacked awareness, in my opinion, was at the end of the game, speaking of lack of awareness, Trey Odom's Dukes did not have a foggy Friday or smoky Saturday on what to do at the end of the game there. He catches the ball and he's fighting for extra yards. In that instance, hold him up and drain the clock. Don't let him go down. Or if just you, let him run a bit If more. you hold him up and let him run around and then tackle him, you win the game. Let you him run literally around. literally win the game. Keep him in front of you. Because Parrot is there. He's money from about 57 in. As soon as that dude caught it went down, we all knew we, we were dead. Yeah. So that's where I say situational awareness hurt them there. Just, just hold them up. Mm-hmm. Let them run around. And then I'm not sure about the 53-yard or 54-yard field goal with a kicker Ooh. who was out all week with a leg injury into the wind. Um, and he's been inconsistent as it is. I, I don't know about that one. No, I'm not, think, a big, I not a big fan of that. I don't that, think but, that was the right thing to do. But, but. Hey, I'm not a head coach. I'm a play-by-play guy, and according to some people, not a very good one. 936-6262, the number to text. Uh, Capital Auto Group, you can call locally, 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. I'm talking about this... um, Jake Mayer thing and how he reminds me of Jake Mayer. People are like, oh, that's a low ball. That's a low bar. He stinks. He's awful. Well, he consistently throws for around 300 yards. His coach, Dave Dickinson, who and John Huffnagel have forgot more about quarterbacking than me and you out there in Radioland, and they've gone with him. So I think I'll go with what they say as opposed to what some of the meatball fans think. And he's been good enough for the Stamps to move on from a future Hall of Fame yep. quarterback. Yeah, and he, he hasn't stunk. Albeit that was last he year. Wasn't, he hasn't been spectacular. I'll give the fans that are anti-Mayer that. But I think if if Mason Fine could play like Jake Mayer, we got a chance to still have a pretty decent season. Anyway, we'll take a break and be back with more in a moment here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. I'm Hamble, General Manager, and I'm excited to invite you to our friends and family event. Save $7,500 on our brand new E53 AMG sedan. Plus, check out our all-new EQ lineup. Come check out our Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned inventory and explore a wide range of over 500 pre-owned vehicles. Drive it home today. The Friends and Family event is on now. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Curtis sends in a text at 936-6262. My heart goes out to Trevor. I feel like our problem is still the O-line. We're allowing way too many quarterback sacks, and they're running for their lives. If Trevor sits back there and doesn't have to run, he doesn't get hurt. We win. The O-line problem is the definition of insanity. Thanks, Curtis. And yes, it is a bit of an issue, but I refuse to jump all over them, not because I'm bought by the team, because we've got a lot of injuries. Like, honestly, we're we're on our... Second or third right tackle 
our fourth left tackle, our second center. We haven't had the same offensive line or receiving core two games in a row all year. Now, Calgary has O-line problems, receiver problems. Hamilton's at injuries. You know the team that hasn't had many injuries? Unprecedented. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers for three years. It is a string of unbelievable luck. Maybe they had it coming to them because for 29 years they couldn't get out of their own way. But one of the best things about the weekend was the fact the Winnipeg Blue Bombers blew it to Ottawa. And we don't have to listen to their fans on Twitter shoot their mouths off. Their arrogant media say things. Mr. Crummy. Mr. Dustin Crummy. I love Dustin Crummy. Oh, man, he runs like a deer. He just gallops. Oh, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, what a pathetic defense. Those long arms. You know, what a pathetic defense Winnipeg has. They ran right down the middle of their defense. Not for one, but two touchdowns. Two times. This rocket scientist, this nerdy rocket scientist ran through the middle of your supposed juggernaut defense twice. Uh, I got one word for the Blue Bombers. It's called regression. Yeah. All right. Uh, We got a couple of back-to-back interviews that we conducted after the game. Uh, First, you're going to hear from Sean Bain Jr. right on the field after Rene paired as Mr. Automatic, the firefighter, pulled Calgary out of the fire with the win. And then Mario Alford with two putt return touchdowns. Ah, they mix, man. Uh, We let it get too close. But, I mean, it's, it's just the game. We had people fall down. We had people step up. It's, it's just like, that was a crazy game. Crazy game, and, of course, we can't ignore the fact that it's a loss, but also your quarterback, Trevor Harris. I was on the sideline with you guys that when all of it was going down, everyone on their knee. What was that moment like for you? It, crazy. Um, it, it was, I mean, it almost brought me to tears, man, just seeing, like, how much preparation he puts into everything, man. So, uh, for him to drop like that, man, it, it hurt my heart. I can't lie. He backpedals here. The booming kick taken at the 17 on the near side. Cross the 25. Shoots in the middle. He could be gone. He's going to go. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Book it. Touchdown, Saskatchewan. Super Mario. All right, so uh, I would give our offensive game star to Mason Fine, but we don't get a chance to talk to the quarterback right away. They're chaperone to TSN and to all the other media. So honorable mention to Mason Fine. But at one point, the Rough Riders in the fourth quarter hadn't been to the red zone, and they were only down 20-17. to 17. And they were because of this guy, Mario Alford, with two punt returns, not one, but two for a touchdown. He joins us downstairs. He's our offensive game star. Mario, uh, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. So t- take me through the first punt return for a touchdown, the 65-yard one where you bust it out left and take it down the Calgary sideline. Um, it it kind of clogged up on me at the beginning. Somehow I got out of there and... Uh, I just had speed around the edge, and then once I saw open field, that's all she wrote. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, and I, I called it on the broadcast. It was kind of a lazy kick. That was the way I described it. It, it, it didn't have any rhyme or reason to it. You kind of caught it up yep. on the run, which was great. Then the second one, their kicker boomed it. I wonder if he out kicked his coverage or you got great blocking because you only had one guy to beat. It was the uh, long snapper, and then you just shot through and you're gone. Yeah, I just, 
he outkicked his coverage and uh the guy was a little late getting around and um I lane I just saw a hole and I hit it full speed and once I saw the open field and um I just turned on my speed. Okay, you gotta you gotta help the common man here, okay? <laughs> uh, what's it like? Take me like take me through that. The emotions and everything. Does everything slow down for you? Like you're running back 93 yards for a touchdown. You're going one way. Everybody's coming the other way, and that's one of the most dangerous situations in football in terms of the punt return. Yeah, it's, I'm so used to it now, man. And uh, I take care of my body good every you know every day. So um, it's, it's, I'm just used to it. Been doing it for so long now. I don't even think about it. I just do it. Hey, uh, maybe more added uh, pressure on special teams and other facets while you guys try to get through these injuries. And now with the big injury to Trevor Harris, um, Luke mentioned this. You guys are going to have to really probably the rest of the way till we find out what's wrong with Trevor and how things go at the quarterback spot with the young guys there. You know, win two thirds every week. You got to win special teams and you got to win defense so you can flip fields and help your offense out. Is that kind of the mindset you think going forward right now? Yeah, I mean, we believe in Mason. You know, he 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 prepared just like just like he's playing every day. So we believe in him, and uh, you know, we just got to do what we do and execute, and uh, everything will be good. Like I said, I believe in Mason. The team will believe believe in him. So you know, he'll you know he'll have to come in and do you know and make it happen you know we hopefully nothing too serious with trevor obviously but um it's you know if it's mason turn it's his turn and um he got to step up and, and and do what he got to do yeah so take me through two emotions here well three emotions okay first off the emotion of your qb1 going down on that play trying to fight for a first down what's going you know what was the feeling like on the bench there well, you know, I didn't. I just knew it looked bad, and I just turned my head. Um, you know, he's just trying to, like I said, he's just trying to do what he what he can to to get a win and and make plays for his team. So uh, it's unfortunate what happened, but like I said, hopefully it's not nothing too serious. You know, we got our fingers crossed with that. Okay, and then take me through the emotion of the hail mary pass to Tevin Jones. What a great play all the yeah, way around. That was crazy. I, that was unbelievable. I, Everybody just shocked. Don't even know how that happened. So we we was we was so close. Um, hats all to them. Hats all to the kicker. So um, we just got to go back to the drawing board. That's Mario Elford, <clears throat> Sean Bain Jr. After a 33-31 loss to Calgary, our defensive game star was Pistol Pete Robertson with a sack and six solo tackles. We'll hear from him in his post game comments. And wasn't a great wrap up to the Canada Cup. U18 football championship. In fact, it was kind of embarrassing. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 332. Winnipeg Blue Bombers receiver Kenny Lawler will officially be uh, officially be back in the lineup this week when the Bombers host the Edmonton Elks. The veteran receiver, he missed the first six games of the season due to an immigration issue that arose after he pled guilty to uh, impaired driving. So Kenny Lawler will be on the practice field uh, tomorrow for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's time to step into the Radio Octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. 
Yeah, I'd like to say it's Michael Ball with my buddy Sean Kleisinger. I'd like to say Sean Kleisinger had an equal role in this show today, but other than punching buttons, he really didn't do much. He just put his feet up. He acted like Colin Lovequist, all lazy, looking at baseball cards and whining about how tired he is. Feeling pretty good, yeah, senior. Yeah, playing Clay Walker and whoever else, number ones at one, while Ballsy's over here slaving on the show. Get hey, to work, boy. Before we get to Pete Robertson and his comments, Shane saw the game. Shane wants to join us in the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. Go ahead, Shane. Hi, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, Shane. What's up, my man? Okay, well, uh, I've noticed that uh, he's been trying to punch the defense in the mouth and score a touchdown on third and short lately. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when you're on the 15 to 20 yard line, I think you take the points early in the game. Well, the one that they got stopped on this week wasn't anywhere down deep. They were about the 45 yard line, so. And let's be honest here. Let's be honest, Shane. I get what you're saying in some respects, but in the CFL, when you're a yard off the line of scrimmage on defense, it's probably you there's there's really no way you should be stopped. You should get a first down 10 times out of 10. Come on. I I know that uh, <laughs> they don't they seem to go up the gut instead of around the end. Yeah, no, uh, you know they might be. Uh, in fact, on that one rush that he got stopped, I think if uh, Patterson just takes a step to the outside, he probably is running for five or ten yards. So I don't disagree with you there. How are you feeling about the Rough Riders despite that uh, tough loss and losing our quarterback? I think Mason's a. Uh... Fines is a pretty good guy, mm-hmm. and uh, if we could get uh, some of our injured players back, uh, I understand one more game and then we'll get a few back. Well, I don't know. We'll ask the coach that here coming up. Be listening after five as we we're the only ones with the coach uh, on every Monday live. So we'll uh, we'll ask him that question. Okay, Shane. Yep. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks for listening. You're welcome to call like Shane uh, did or does. 936-6262-1866-767-0620. He's not a household name yet, but we need to get to know his name. Okay, this isn't a shot at Shane. Saw a lot of it on Twitter, too. It's fine. Mason Fine. Not Fines. Mason Fine. Okay? F-I-N-E. Maybe he'll be a household name. Maybe he'll be the next rider great quarterback. You never know. This is... There's no reason to get the press. Let's even though Trevor's hurt and I feel bad for the guy, I know he's going to come back better than ever. But this is an opportunity for us to develop our own quarterback. Let's see. Let's ride the highs and lows with this. And there will be some highs and there will be some lows, maybe in the same game. Yeah, let's go, Mason. Come on. Now, this guy had a sack and six tackles at the point of attack. Pistol yeah. Pete Robertson after the game. Yeah. Pete, great game. Uh, you, you got a quarterback sack, and you were great at the point of attack, uh, stopping the run. Just tell me what you saw offensively from Calgary that allowed you to be such a factor in today's game. Um, man, uh, really, you know, them guys, uh, you know, I got to tip my house off to Calgary. It's a great team, uh, offense and defense. And, uh, man, I was just honestly playing lights out. And, uh, you know, it was it was a lot on my mind this game, personally-wise, with uh, some uh, stuff going on back home. So, man, my biggest focus of the day, man, just play full lights out and try to do anything to make an impact on the defense. Uh, Pete, uh, 
just the vibe in the locker room. First the vibe on the sidelines, and then the vibe on the locker room after uh, Trevor Harris went down. Um, man, that's a, you know, it's a feeling that, um, you know, we don't don't nobody on the team want to feel. You know, when the main guy of the of the ship, the captain of the ship, goes down, you know, it's it's definitely devastating, and um, you know, it's really no words for it, but um. You know, at the end of the day, we know he's the next man up, and we got to continue riding for Trevor. You know, that's something he would want us to do anyway. So, uh, we, you know, we had it up in our mind defense and, and offense that, you know, still we're going to play this game out and uh, play it for Trevor. Well, with a lot on your mind, you showed a lot of uh, leadership there as you uh, ushered him to the cart and gave him a, a, a hug. What were you saying to him there as you, as you helped put him on the cart? Well, man, like, man, when Trevor first got here, man, me and Trevor got close uh, as soon as he got here, you know, uh, as of the pass rush and the quarterback relationship. And, man, my first words to him to let him know I'm here. You know, I got you. You know, you're my brother. And uh, I'm going to do what I can to uh, try to pull through for us and try to bring the win home for him. And, uh, and and that was the biggest thing, man. I just want to let him know that, you know, it don't matter any situation, football or non-football, I'm going to be there. Hey, Pete, we asked this to uh, Coach Dickinson before uh, he, he left us. But, you know, you're finishing the final six games here against uh, BC. It's a really good team. But, um, you know, regardless of what you see ahead of you, what is one thing that you want to see this defense take into the next phase of the season in order to have some success here? Man, the de- what, what the defense is take, man, we just need to be consistent. And, that, and that, that's our biggest thing, you know. And um, with them playing the game, you know, it's going to be hiccups, you know what I'm saying, from the D-line to the linebackers to the secondary. And our biggest thing, we got to be consistent. And that's what I preach a lot just from myself, you know, uh, as a personal standard and uh, as a team standard. We just continue being decent, uh, I mean, uh, being consistent. And I feel like a lot of guys on our defense are up for that. And um, I feel like we played a good game. You know, we had a, a little mistakes. But playing against a good team, you're going to make, you know, certain mistakes because they are able to make plays as well. But the biggest thing what we need to do is stay consistent. Okay, lastly, Pete, there's one thing, you know, sometimes you uh, sometimes you hear, it. oh, it's a tight locker room. We're, we're a tight locker room. It, it feels like that because there's one thing that I can attribute to this team through the whole, everything is you guys are a resilient bunch. So that might be something you can hang your hat on here going forward. Oh, for sure, man. I, you know, I've never been in any other locker room since I've been in the counter, but I can tell you one thing about this locker room. Everybody is close. And uh, even coming from guys that come from new teams that get here and, you know, that they, they – they fit in quickly because we, you know, we try to try to be brothers on all of offense and defense, and uh, that's the biggest thing, man. To keep this brotherhood together, and uh, right now, one of our brothers are down, and we're gonna try to lift him up most we can. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. As we know, devastating loss for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders falling to the Calgary Stampeders in dramatic fashion. Even more devastating, the injury to Trevor Harris basically broke his knee and he'll be out. Now the team's not ruling him out for the season, but it would be a very long shot if he's going to come back and play this year. So our best of luck to him in his healing process. And I don't think Trevor's done. I don't think the competitor Trevor Harris is going to jam out. He doesn't want to end like that. But we shall see onwards and upwards with Mason Fine. But devastation's a word I would use to describe what happened in Edmonton. The Canada Cup U18 football championship. Saskatchewan about to play Quebec on a Saturday night in the Alberta capital for gold, and it would be their fourth straight championship. Instead, 
Smoke cancels the event, so nobody wins the gold, nobody wins the silver, and the bronze medal game canceled as well. Joining me is the Silver Fox, Kelly Rempel, one of our regular contributors. He was there as a dad because his son Spencer was playing on the team. Kelly, welcome to the show on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, do you agree with the word I used? The word devastation. Uh, certainly, ballsy would be very accurate. Here's um, here's what I can't understand, Kelly. Let's get right into it. I can't understand this. And and I, I've got Jim Mullen, the president, coming on after 5.30. I tuned into your game when you played Ontario, and it was an overcast, like a smoky kind of game. And I, I remember turning to Zanger. We were watching it in the control room, and I'm like, I can't believe they're actually playing. Like, it's crazy they're actually playing this game. Uh, uh, wow. Um, so what I'm getting at is, it, this wasn't some big revelation. We've been having smoke problems coming into Saskatchewan, even from northern Alberta, northern BC. So this isn't something that just popped on the radar. Uh, to it's weird they didn't have a backup plan. Yeah, you know that's one of the things that I think is sort of the you know just as a dad is the most frustrating part of of all of this. Um, you know, nobody, including, you know, Football Canada, including the organizing committee, um, you know, would, would have wanted to have made this decision. But getting back to your point, I remember walking my dog uh, a month ago, six weeks ago, with this smoky haze over top of, um, you know, the, the province. And we live miles and miles and miles away from the fires. Edmonton's relatively close in comparison. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I hope this doesn't screw up this tournament because if we're getting this kind of smoke and we're this far away, what must it be like in Edmonton? And we got through Sunday, we got through Wednesday. As you say, um, you know, the players, they don't care. They just go going on playing football, just like the people that went to the Ryder game the other night or the people that went to the Elks game on Thursday. People don't get in too much of a twist over this, but health authorities do, right? So, we're thinking, okay, well, we, we got through Thursday, Sunday, we got through Wednesday, but when they started, you know, telling the players, we advise you not to go to the Alex game Thursday, when we're going to move all the practices indoors, you know, the light bulb starts to come on and you, you're looking at the forecast and you're going, well, this smoke is not going away. here. So what's their plan going to be? It would never have occurred to me, Michael, never, ever have occurred to me that there was no plan. I just can't believe it, quite frankly. I mean, because two months ago, I was thinking, I wonder what their alternative plan is going to be if there's a northwest wind blowing and that smoke blows right into Edmonton. Well, they're not going to be able to play. You're a very inquisitive guy. You ask a lot of questions. I would think you and other parents, wouldn't you have questions? Hey, you move some practices indoors. Can we go indoors and play somewhere? Can we move to a different city? Because I don't think it was as bad. Correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't as bad in Calgary, Lethbridge, even Lloyd. Like, couldn't you just find an empty field to play in and play this thing? Well, that's what you would think. And that's what I thought was going to happen. In fact... I talked to my son that afternoon and he told me, he said, look, our understanding is we're going to play the game. We just don't know where like he heard Calgary. I had heard that too. Uh, and it made sense to me because my buddy, Scotty McCauley, the coach of the thunder, he had two kids, uh, Chase and Matthew. They were also on the team. So we were together on, on uh, Friday and Saturday. 
And we're looking at our phones going, ah, the smoke is not going away. But we are seeing that, you know, Calgary's fine. They have very low um, levels of smoke. Lloydminster, that'd be what, a two-hour drive? So we're thinking there's one of two things going to happen. One is we're going to relocate and we're going to go to a part of Alberta where the smoke is really not an issue or a factor. Or they're going to go to an indoor facility. Um, my son plays on the Saskatchewan Selects. We played Team Alberta last year indoors. It's not ideal football, but what are you going to do in the middle of the winter, right? So you play indoor, you cut the field in half. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're going to do like a CFL shootout style there's no kicking obviously there's mm-hmm. no special teams because you don't have goal posts and the roof is a little lower but you know you could still have offense versus defense kind of a cfl style shootout style where you come in from 35 yards um and you know it, you, instead of kicking a field goal you got to score a touch like i i don't know michael but i'm just we're, we're thinking about all the possible scenarios and again it just didn't dawn on me that at some point after all apparently meeting all day on Friday, all day on Saturday, putting all these people in a room, coming up with all these, throwing out all these ideas, that the decision they were going to come up with was to cancel it and not do anything. Yeah, so here's where I'm from the outside in. I don't have a kid in the fight. I feel bad for the kids. You know me. I support local football, and I have nothing against Football Canada, Football SAS, Quebec, whoever's involved. But 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 here here's what I don't understand. If it's a health situation, like the CFL doesn't play because the union gets involved. The the union for kids are their parents. So at any point, did anybody come to you and say, hey, it's smoky, but do you want your kids to play? If you do, sign a waiver. I think it should be up to you whether you play or not, because otherwise, besides smoke, this reeks to me of, well, they didn't want to go the extra mile or it's too much money or like, and, and, and if that's the case, that's embarrassing because these kids and these coaches put a lot into this thing. We're talking about a national freaking championship here. Well, I can tell you this. That was never presented to us. We could debate all day whether it should have been. I have my opinion on that. You have your opinion on that. I'm going to speculate. Speculate. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to speculate. That based on the look of the parents' faces when they were given the news that the games were going to be canceled, I believe in my heart that there would have been a very, very high number high number of parents that would have said, listen, our kids have played in a lot worse smoke than this over years in all of the different sports in Regina or wherever. Let's take a chance. Because to be very honest with you, Michael, I'm going to suggest to you, and I know that people are going to say, well, you know, the index said this, but I'm just generalizing. It wouldn't have been much smokier on that field at Commonwealth Stadium than it would have been for the Elks game two nights before or it would have been in Regina when the riders played the Stampeders Saturday. We're not talking about walking into a kitchen where somebody's burnt, you know, a chicken in the oven and this <laughs> like it's not like that. It's a lingering film of smoke. And I would venture everybody would have signed a waiver that said, you know, we're, we'll take a chance here. Maybe as an extreme asthmatic, maybe their parents wouldn't have done that. But I think everybody would have agreed to that. But it wasn't offered. It wasn't. It wasn't part of the equation. So, 
with all due respect, you know, I don't know what the health authorities were saying. I don't know but if anybody slammed their fist on a table and just said, if you guys go ahead and do this, you're in a lot of trouble. I don't know any of that. So I don't want to get into that part of it. But the answer to your question is nobody was given that as even a choice. Should they have been? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. I would have signed it. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, I would have signed it. Two more quick questions for you. And you would have signed it probably because you're, if I know Spencer, and I do, he's probably pretty heartbroken about the thing. It's his only chance to win a championship at the uh, Team Sask level. Well, there's a few different reasons I would have signed it. That's one. Uh, the other reason is because with all due respect, I mean, we would have, over the years, the kids would have played in, in smoke that would have been comparable you know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was, it, I'm not saying it wasn't smoky. Of course it was, but it just wasn't so over the top that it felt like we would be putting people's in harm's way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, getting back to your question. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it will be something that will be burned in my brain and my memory for the rest of my life was watching a tear roll down his face when they made that announcement and we were all standing there on the field, you got parents crying, kids crying. My son, I haven't seen a tear roll down his face since he's probably 10 or 11 years old. And he just turned to me and he just said, dad, this is my only chance I may ever have to win a ring, to win a national championship for your province in a national tournament and they've taken it away from us because there's some smoke. But they let the Eskimos play the other night. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and what do you say? No, you're right, son. I, I, there's nothing you can say. The, the kids and the parents were devastated. I've, I haven't seen anything like it. And I, and I know I'm being maybe a little dramatic and I'm not, you know, hey, look, nobody died. Okay, I understand that. But for these kids... This was a huge deal. Both teams, not just our team. Yeah. So so the decision that they did make, Michael, nobody won anything. Well, nobody won gold. Nobody won a silver. Like you said early, nobody won a bronze. They, you know, I find it hard to imagine that there couldn't have been some arrangement to even play some sort of a shootout style game inside. So it's not perfect. Far from perfect. But at least it's something. Wow. They chose to do nothing. You got and that hurts. you guys drove uh one province over. Manitoba drove two provinces over. Uh Quebec and Ontario flew all the way there for nothing. They got nothing. There's nothing. It's like you bake the chocolate cake and you're not allowed to eat it. Lastly though, I think we should leave on a positive note in the sense yeah. that Team Saskatchewan, run by Dwayne Mason as the coach, but, uh, of course, Mike Thomas, football Saskatchewan, uh, once again, impeccable. Yeah, and the only thing I might say to what you just said, Michael, I might slightly disagree with you, even though I know the context in which you said it. I don't think it was for absolutely nothing because the experience that my son got from being part of the process of being selected from going all the way back to April, um, you know, the combine, the the tryouts, the cracking the one, the top 100 team, whittling your way down and making the team, the hours and hours and hours of practicing. And I can't say enough, Michael, to your point, amazing coaching. 
just amazing mentorship, amazing coaching, football Saskatchewan. You want to know why this team wins all the time? It's because of our program and the culture that that organization, from Mike Thomas down through the coaching, it's 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 second to none. So at least they can't sort of take that away from you. Like you, you we still got that unbelievable experience, but the, the amount of work and effort and time and energy that the players and coaches and so many people put in to have it kind of ripped away from you without a chance to play in that big game on that big stage and win that national championship. It's so unfortunate, but at least to your point again, it was a great experience and that organization should be commended for doing such a great job. I can't say enough good things about that football Saskatchewan program and what it meant to our family and my son and his development. Kelly, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. I always appreciate talking to you and uh, you know, it's a tough day, but uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Thanks, Michael. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Well, we check in with this guy following the previous week's action in the CFL. He's the dean at the Edwards School of Business and our dean of the CFL, that would be Keith Willoughby. Had a chance to shake hands with you before the game. That was a nice interaction. Thanks for coming up to the booth. No worries, Ballsy. It was great to see you and Luke in action there. And uh, always enjoy hearing your comments and perspectives during and after the game. Appreciate that. All right, so where does that one rank for a stunner for you in rider history? Oh, my. Uh, I look back in, in my career following the riders, um, you think of the games where we've had those swings in emotion, the, the 2012 West semifinal when Durant throws the deep pass to, to Carr and puts us ahead by a point, and then Calgary comes back and, and gets that uh, long touchdown pass to win the West semifinal. Um, you think back to the games that we've won that have sort of been like this. Remember the 89 Grey Cup when uh, Champion gets the final touchdown for Hamilton, ties him at 40, and then Austin drives the team down and, we kicked the winning field goal to win the 89 Great Cup. So I've seen it on both sides of the ledger, but I will say Saturday's game, that touchdown pass by um, by Fine to Jones has to rank amongst the top three or four touchdown receptions I have seen in my career following the CFL and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think that's the third best game at the new Mosaic Stadium. I'd put the 2019 West uh, Final, number one, didn't end the way we wanted. I'd put the Labor Day Classic when Lothar and John Ryan ran into Pill Country after the winning kick is two. I'd put that as three. I'd put the Last year's Grey Cup at four, and probably the Regina Rams' first ever victory in that stadium. They played the first ever game against, oddly enough, I'm talking to you, the U of S Huskies. Those would be the top five games, <laughs> in my opinion, at the stadium so far. Definitely adds to the character of the new digs there. Um, hey, everybody clamors. Backup, backup quarterback, develop quarterbacks. I guess we got what we want now, unfortunately. Yeah, Ballsy, we're, we're going to see going forward now um, what's going to happen in terms of the development of quarterbacks. And no one, Nobody wants to see a starting quarterback go down. And I think fans of the CFL throughout the league, we all cringed uh, when Harris was rolled over by Wiggins on that play. Um, but it's it, the fact of life of football, it's, it's a rough game. It's a physical game. Now we're going to get a chance to see what fine can bring. 
um, or Dolagala or even Patterson going forward in terms of this three-headed monster at the quarterback position. I feel fine kind of has a little bit of Jake Mayer look to him. If we can just block it up and get some continuity in the offensive line, something we haven't had, Keith, we haven't had the same offensive line and the same receiving core play two weeks in a row so far. And I think if you look at what's happened with the team this year, uh, we're off to a three and two stretch, but in some ways, Saturday's game looked an awful like 2022 in the rearview mirror. You think of the inability of the O-line to protect the quarterback. Um, we're, we are getting, if you look at the path, two games now outsacked by a considerable margin. And going forward, that's what needs to be addressed from the continuity perspective to give whoever is behind the, the center, whoever, giving that person the time they require to be able to make the plays as quarterback. I think Don Hewitt brought it up. We're missing Charleston Hughes, not just for what, like I know he's long in the tooth, but for his intelligence and with uh, teaching guys on the side about movement, the hand movement and all that type of thing. Yeah, you know, I, I watched the Saturday's game, um, following it quite closely from from my section in the, in the stands, and I paid a lot of attention to the D-line. Other than Pete Robertson, who had uh, some occasional pressures uh, in in the on the quarterback on Mayer and be able to, he made some plays in the Calgary backfield. We need better consistency. Um, Brian Cox Jr. or uh, Lane Moore, whoever's playing the uh, the other end, needs to get some pressure because that's going to be again another Achilles heel for the for the team. We really see that success in the CFL comes down to your ability to control the line of scrimmage, and we've suffered. Um, obviously this past game, but going forward, that needs to be addressed if we want to maintain some opportunity of making the playoffs. Mystery to me that Sean Lemon isn't in the league. Yeah, you wonder if there's um, if it's a salary cap issue, if, if teams are unwilling to provide the contract that he's looking for, because the guy has, there, there's gaps left in the tank. And I, I think if you look at the Riders right now, again, not that I wanted to get into being like the salary cap uh, analyst, but losing um, Harris, obviously with his salary coming, coming off the books now that he's probably gone for the rest of the year, you wonder if there's some salary cap space that we could use to maybe get us some D-line help. Yeah, going to be interesting, D-line, O-line help. I, I still haven't given up on this football team. Uh, there's one thing, Keith, before we get to the numbers, they have shown great resiliency. That's something you can't measure. No, and in fact, that's great, Michael. And, you know, I had the chance driving back to Saskatoon after the game to to listen to the post-game show and to basically go over in my mind what I saw for those entire three hours and especially the last three minutes of the game. I will say that last year's team, we, we suffered emotionally. I think we suffered from a leadership point of view. Uh, once we went to the four-in-one four, four and one mark and then had the, uh, obviously, the Garrett Marino incident that happened after that, we, we, we tanked as a team. I... I think this year we are much better and more mature from a locker room perspective so that there's this rallying around a common cause that the team can use as they go forward to, uh, again, maintain where we're at right now because all hope is not lost. Um, without trying to you know make the pun here, we will be fine as we go forward. Well, the computer doesn't think so. Let's get to your CFL simulations. Uh, What's the computer saying? Uh, the computer, the, this is one case where the dean doesn't agree with the computer. The computer is basically projecting the riders to miss the playoffs. It says we're going to finish 7-11, and 11, we're going to finish 4th in the West, uh, and won't be able to make the crossover. Uh, it's giving us like a 1,000-to-1 um, a chance of winning the Grey Cup. Again, I'm not here to say that the riders, again, are going to win the Grey Cup this year, that it's a guarantee, but I will say 
to me, they're not a 7-11 team. If you look at the last 13 games in the season, we've got some winnable games coming up. I think we can we, – we, we will give BC a strong showing, and we played them three times. And I think this team can finish 9-9, nine and nine, can edge above Calgary and finish third in the West. Well, you think so, but the computer has a decisive win for BC, right? Oh, my – yeah, the computer – those of you playing point spreads this week, computer is making BC a 17-point favorite uh, this upcoming Saturday in Vancouver. In fact, it's it's giving the Riders only an eight percent chance of of defeating BC. Uh, to me, again, this is this is an opportunity for the Riders to show what they have from both uh, a mental as well as a, an emotional perspective. We have played BC well in, in British Columbia over the past years, and I think this is an opportunity to. Uh, really show the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2023 are made of. I talked about Edmonton last week. They averaged 9.9 yards on first down and still got smoked by Hamilton. I think those are stats you gave me. Our first down production, not very good. Oh, it's And I think the fans, if you've been watching the games and seeing the number of times that we're taking sacks on first and 10, that's putting us into a real woeful category. Against the Calgary, we averaged 3.4 yards per first down play which is the lowest that any team in the CFL has averaged this year by far. We're now eighth in the league in uh, first down performance. What's beneficial for the team, however, is that we are the best team in the league for converting second and long. And that's what's kept us in game so far. So hopefully we'll see what can happen with the offense that has receivers get healthy as the O-line gets some stability and whoever is playing quarterback, uh, fine or whomever, that if we can continue to have that opportunity of advancing on second down, That'll give us some chance of maintaining success. All right. And, yeah, it's it's interesting because we're real good second and long, but the riders not very good second and short. And third and short, they struggle too. We, we do. Uh, you know, you think back even to Saturday's game where Patterson got, got stopped on, on, a, on a third and yard and a half play. Calgary made it look easy with Tommy Stevens. Uh, again, I think this is where we, we need the O-line to come up and we need the ability for the team to uh, – to, to make those simple plays become routine uh, because that's what we, we now need with, again, our second-string player um, playing quarterback. We can't afford uh, any missteps or mistakes. I think we've got to play error-free football within the parameters that we're setting, and we'll see what happens as we go forward. I'm the rider announcer. I'm not the rider head coach, but I have been asked by fans both on social media and in person, what are you thinking about that game, how it went? So I would offer this. I... And I think Coach even admitted to us, and we'll get to him later in the show, but he admitted after the game he maybe should have reconsidered going for a 54-yard field goal with a guy who had a leg injury coming off a little bit of inconsistency in Brett Lothar, and I think there was a bit of a win there. So I may have changed that decision. And situational football, I'm not blaming Tevin Jones for running in right away instead of going down at the one. You're, it's a, it's an unbelievable play. The adrenaline's pumping, so I get him scoring the touchdown. And, and no touchdown's a given when you're struggling, so take it when you can get it. The other thing, though, was... You know, um, I don't think the Calgary receiver, Trey Odoms-Dukes, really understood that he had to get down. Riders got to hold him up there. They could have drained the clock. Yeah, you think back to those final seven seconds. I think there were like maybe uh, seven or eight seconds when Mayer went back to pass on that on that final play. That could have been uh, obviously consequential. Uh, and again, I, I think back of the of the Lauder field goal attempt. I know it was it was right in front of us. We're behind the rider bench and in the stands, and and you could sort of see that the team was deflated after Harris's injury. And so maybe Dickinson's thinking, give me a give me a field goal, tie the game that'll give us some emotional uh, boost back. Yeah. But I tell you that long field goal, especially with an injured kicker. 
that's a risk reward situation. And you see the reward is the three points, but the risk is, as you saw, where uh, Calgary returns it a long way and scores a touchdown. Now they're up by 10. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Hey, Keith, thank you for your time and your words of wisdom. We'll talk to you soon. We will. All the best, balls, and go, Riders. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Our clutch performer is Carlos Elkaraz. He put aside a poor start and surged down the stretch to end Novak Djokovic's 34-match winning streak at the All-England Club by edging him 1-6-7-6-6-1-3-6-6-4 in a very engaging back-and-forth Wimbledon final on Sunday. He claims his first Wimbledon title and second Grand Slam trophy overall. Our clutch performer brought to you by our great friends at Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogate Gleaner and Fent Dealer. Give them a call 781 1077. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Got some great texts rolling in at 936-6262, including from Ryan Hall, longtime amateur coach, who's not coaching for the first time since the 80s. But he is our Full-time Regina Rams color commentator. Of course, he did one game for us with Sean Kleisinger, the um, play-by-play man for the uh, Thunder game. Maybe we'll get you two back together sometime. I'll be good. You guys were you guys were half decent. Trying to steal mine and Luke's job. Yeah, it was a fun game that good. afternoon. He's good. He describes the the call uh, very well. What's going on? Anyway. Uh, this from Ryan. People trashing the Riders O-line again. The difference I saw last week was Harris not throwing on time, like Fajardo last year. Not sure if it was on him or the receivers. All season there have been catchable balls lost by Rider receivers, so maybe Harris lost some faith. He was kind of double-clutching a bit there at times. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it was the rush. Don't know if it was uh, what Ryan just described there, but... Uh, Interesting observation there. Hey, Mason uh, Fine made a couple nice throws, like that yeah. one uh, Pick, Picton. Picton, yeah. Ooh, that was like, he, I don't want to say threaded the needle, but that was a pretty good throw there. He reminds me of Jake Mayer. Same height, basically. Same build, almost. Same mobility. I think pretty close to the same IQ in terms of the way they read the field. Same arm strength, it seems. I could be wrong. I'm just a play-by-play man, but to say Mayer stinks... I'm going to go with what Dave Dickens and the John Huffnagel think. So my point was, if Mason Fine can play like that, we got a chance. And it's his third year. This is it for Mason Fine. He's got to prove it or he's done. This is literally his professional career this is it. on the line. Well, with the Riders, for sure. This is his career. Well, uh, I mean, what if, he, like, what if he stinks like no other team's going to no, be like? No, I, I, I don't think he's going to stink. There's going to be some highs. There's going to be some lows. you got to stick with him. And I'm not into this whole revolving door. If he doesn't work, put in this oh, guy. And if oh, he doesn't work, put in this guy. No, stick with this guy for a couple of... Two, three games, 
see what he could do. Put in Jake uh, Dolagala if you need to as the backup of the third stringer is uh, the Shea la- Patterson or vice versa there behind him. That's the last thing that the dude needs is yeah. having a guy looking yeah. over his shoulder. Like, that's just the worst. I would give it at least, like... Let me see here. Uh, about, four, uh, about four games. Four games max. If he stinks, then it's time to make a change. Okay, so uh, can we uh, chat about this? I, I'm going to bring this up, okay? Here? Okay, so Peter Diakowski, who I think was on that CBC game show, The Smartest person in Canada or something, and he's a very smart guy, and he is with the Players Association, and he's a guy that played for Hamilton, and lastly with the Riders. We've had him on the show. Very pleasant man. Dave Naylor from TSN tweets over the weekend, uh, yesterday as a matter of fact, not often the CFL gets to this point in the season, and Eastern teams have better records than those in the West. East is 10-9, and West is 13-14. and To which Peter responds, most CFL fans already know the East is the stronger conference. Far more Grey Cups, etc. But Eastern teams often beat themselves up in a much tougher divisional uh, play situation. So Western teams pick up wins versus recovering opponents. Nice to see the record reflecting the truth for once. That is pure (laughs) stupidity from supposedly one of the smartest guys in Canada with all due respect, Peter. Now listen. Listen, he could have just been being facetious, as we like to say. But Singer and I did uh, Singer and I did a little digging here. Okay, so let's look at this here. Um, most CFL fans already know the East is the stronger conference. Far more Grey Cups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, so since 2010, in the Grey Cup, Singer. The West is seven and five. The West, right, Zinger? Yes, per Z- my calculations. Yeah, and Zinger since the year. 2000, when the BC Lions at 8 and 10 beat Anthony Calvillo and the Montreal uh, Alouettes at McMahon Stadium Stadium with a coach that replaced Greg, a wonderful Mons midseason, Steve Barato. 8 and 10, our buddy Donnie Blair, Regina uh, Regina Ram, Calgary guy, uh, I think he was the outstanding, no, was he not the outstanding Canadian? He, He had a great game in that game, anyway. Anyway, since 2000, Zinger, the West has beaten the East. 14 out of 22 Grey Cups. Yeah. 14 mm-hmm. out of 22 Grey Cups. So that is false. Also, we just had Paul Waldo on the show, did we not? On Where Are They Now? Mm-hmm. When he said, oh, yeah, yeah, truthfully, yeah. he said unsolicited <laughs> that they realized they didn't have to start playing till Labor Day. Didn't have to they, win a game until week 10. Until week said. 10. <laughs> In and Montreal. I laughed when I heard that. Well, it was, it was serious. They rolled out of the bed and knew they already had wins against Toronto, Hamilton, and Ottawa. And that's and then coming from a guy who was playing in the East. Yeah, and then maybe like... sometimes when Winnipeg was really crappy, which has been most of the last 30 years, and they were in the East from time to time. They went. Winnipeg went from conference to conference because nobody wanted them. Um, so, no, Peter, you are wrong. Way wrong. Speaking of the uh, Blue Bombers, Kenny Lawler is back. He'll return to the team and he is going to play this week when they take on the Elks. They placed Lawler on the suspended list in June. It was believed the move stemmed from Lawler's impaired driving charge from October of 2021. Yeah, I believe the Bombers are going to lose this week with oh, Kenny Lawler in there. How about a, that? Wouldn't huh? that be awesome? The Bombers are going to yeah. be wearing all white uniforms apparently at home. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. Who cares? They're trying to change it up since they blew it against Ottawa. Uh, Hamilton 
Matthew Schill's leg injury. Bo Levi Mitchell still not ready to go. So number zero, Taylor Powell getting first team reps. He's going to start this week. Kai Loxley was the other quarterback at practice today. And the CFL doing great television numbers. According to research done by Steve Simmons, who I don't often, I don't like a lot of his stuff, but he's been around a long time and he does like the CFL, so I pat him on the back for that. He says, consider this. So, Canada, or uh, TSN had fifty-five or five hundred and fifty-two thousand seven hundred and seventy-five viewers on average week five. Didn't see week six. Major League Soccer in the U.S., a growing league in that country, ten times the size of Canada, averaged three hundred and forty-three thousand viewers on ABC, and the NHL on ESPN and TNT averaged three hundred and eighty-three thousand per game. Yeah. So the CFL blowing those numbers out of the water. It's great, especially these days, seeing a lot of tweets, seeing a lot of stuff from CBS Sports, broadcasting yep. a lot of yep. games, more recognition down south. Now they're Ooh. having trouble still selling tickets in the likes of Toronto, Edmonton, Montreal, and it's not going that well in BC, not as well as they thought. Slowly it's getting better, but uh, yeah. Hey, our crowd looked Some really good, good on, on Saturday, at least on, at least on TV, over 28,000. 28,000, and people were, why is it so down? Even, uh, what was his name, Tad Cornegay, yeah, but Craven, the Craven Jamboree, the Country Thunder was on. What do you think? I thought like it looked like it was a sellout on TV. That was loud, man. They didn't, they didn't show like the upper upper nope. decks no, and the six hundred levels. It, 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 it was nice looking though. It wasn't good up there, but it hardly is. Um, whatever, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, that was a loud crowd. That's the loudest I've heard it in a long time. There. Do you agree with my assertion that that's the third? Most memorable game in that stadium mm-hmm. to this point? For the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, for sure. You can make the argument that maybe the Grey Cup should be in there based on the ending. But I, I did put the Grey Cup in there at I number mean, like four. Top three, I oh, mean. Oh, okay, yeah, but, yeah. But for like that, those for sure are the top three yeah. Saskatchewan Rough Rider games. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Pete Pasco, who is on Locker Talk on Access and does our halftime huddle. And we'll kick around some more topics. Coach Dickinson after five. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's 432 with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. You just got to give them a call at 781-2090. It's an off day for the Toronto Blue Jays today, coming off that series sweep of the Arizona Diamondbacks over the weekend. That was some fun baseball to watch. So it's an off day for the Jays today, and they are sitting pretty, pretty. In the wild card standings right now, they are the second wild card team. And hey, don't look now, but the division is still up for grabs. We're July seventeenth today, and the Tampa Bay Rays have a sixty and thirty six record, and the Toronto Blue Jays have a fifty three and forty one record. So the Jays not too far behind here. It's only July seventeenth. The Jays start up a three game series at home at the Rogers Center tomorrow versus. Ballsy San Diego Padres. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three down game. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters, ED bank. Full back west, right, zoom. Full back left, pass, half back at zero, Z quick swing left. On one, right, two. 
the CFL Report brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Coppell or online at kevinsmarine.com. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are dealing with an injury to quarterback number one, Trevor Harris. He was carted off the field after what was deemed a broken knee in that game against Calgary, a 33-31 loss. He'll be gone most likely for the season, although the Riders haven't ruled him out yet. It would be a long shot if he came back, let's be honest. So Mason Fine takes over the controls as the starting quarterback against the BC Lions this coming Saturday. Here's Sean Bain Jr. after the game in conversation with Daniela Ponticelli on his thoughts when he saw Trevor Harris go down. I mean, it almost brought me to tears, man, just seeing like how much preparation he puts into everything, man. So uh, for him to drop like that, man, it, it hurt my heart. I can't lie. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Text lines powered by the Capital Auto Group. I'm Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisinger. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. This is from Eli. If Mason Fine isn't ready after three years, they may as well let him go. We're playing. Time to groom a young guy and let the chips fall where they may. Another text from Chip an... Chip chair and a chance. Yeah, that's what I said. Kind of jinxed it, didn't I? And uh, this is an anonymous texter. Is this loss... Is this a loss getting us closer to getting rid of Dickinson? I don't know. Can't answer that. Not in the executive role. Not in the big chair. Time now to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. Pete Pasco joining us from Locker Talk. Former newsman here, and he is our halftime huddle host for the home games. Pete, welcome to the uh, uh, show. You're also a paying customer because you are a season ticket holder. In your long years of watching uh, Rough Rider football, either as a fan or a uh, a media member, where does that one rank in terms of kicking the gut? Right behind the non-contact injury for Darian Durant. Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was sitting in the stands for both of them, mm-hmm. and of course Darian was coming off a significant injury the year before, and he's just rolling out, and all of a sudden he dropped like he'd been shot, exactly like Jeremiah Mazzoli, and that that was it, his Achilles. This one ranks right up there. I mean, uh, I'm sitting in the stands, and, and Trevor goes down, and it looked awkward, and everyone's just sort of holding their breath going, bounce up, bounce up, but he's not getting up. And I turned to my son, and I said, he's in the fetal position. I don't think this is good. Yeah, I, it, it wasn't good. How much do you blame? Because uh, Luke was pretty fired up. He thought we should have ran the ball more, and then Trevor wouldn't have had to run like that. Do you, do you um, align with that way of thinking? I think it would have helped. I, I definitely think it would have helped in terms of uh, the defense not being able to stack the box quite as much or, or come after the quarterback quite as hard. And they certainly took advantage of three guys on the O-line that weren't supposed to be starting, at least not this year. And uh, Trevor had – I guess Trevor just took it upon himself and said, okay, look, uh, they're they're pressuring me like crazy. We need a first down. Oh, and the other point – receivers aren't getting open 
those receivers had a heck of a time getting separation all day while Calgary's were open by five to ten yards. So yeah, that, there's the difference. And, and I, I have a tough time. Everybody goes through injuries. I get it. And injuries or excuses are just like buttholes. Everybody's got them. Most of them stink. But here, here's something I, I do want to bring up, though. At some point, you can only go to the well so many times for depth. And this team has never had two games in a row with an offensive line the same and a receiving core the same, and that eventually catches up to you. No, very true. I mean, uh, especially, I'll talk about the offensive line. You need chemistry. You need cohesion. You need to know where a guy's going to be, and you need him to be exactly where you expect him to be, especially if you're working a double team or something. I saw uh, one of the, I'm not going to name names, that's that's probably not very classy but i saw one of the uh one of the younger offensive linemen coaching up another one of the younger offensive linemen because he clearly didn't know the blocking scheme on a particular play and you look at that and you go that's like a second year guy playing coach that's probably not great and the receiving core i mean you've got an entire starting receiving core on the six game injured list yeah it's crazy man um what do you make of our D-line uh, or their lack of in terms of rush? Now, they had a sack, and Pete Robertson had six tackles to go with it. Brian Cox Jr. forced an interception with a pressure, but there wasn't a lot else going on. What are you seeing from there? How do you feel? And why Why is Sean Lemon not in this league? Uh, you're reading my mind a little bit. Yes, um, Pete Robertson is the only rider, uh, D-lineman, to get a sack since week one, mm-hmm. and he's got, I think, three or four since then. Uh, he's he's been solid, and uh, the other night he was actually excellent. Uh, it looked like Cox on the other side was starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, I, I'm not as upset about the D-line this game because at least they were getting pressure. They weren't getting home mm-hmm. except for Pete that one time, but they were getting pressure. But, yeah, I, I, I pointed out after the game, I'm like, Pete Robertson's the only rider to get a sack since week one and Sean Lemon sitting at home. Like, mm-hmm. at least place a call and see what he wants. Yeah. Hey, Pete. Uh, Pete Pasco joining us here. Great media member. He does our halftime huddle, but he is a rider, season ticket holder. So I'm going to ask you as a paying customer, what are your thoughts going forward about this team in terms of optimizing at the, optimism at the quarterback spot, if we can get some guys healthy? That's the thing. I, I mean, a lot of these guys hit the six-game injured list right off the start of the year. Well, okay, the Riders have played five, so theoretically a couple of these guys should be wandering back into the starting lineup. That'll be good. Mason Fine, yeah, I'll echo uh, the comment I heard earlier. Uh, or you reading the comment from one of the texters. Got to find out what he's got. Now would be the time. Not an ideal situation, but hey, at least a guy named Mason gets a shot at playing quarterback. <laughs> Do you think, and you know, it's funny you say that because I got a text here uh, from Brent, and I wish the Riders would give Nias a call and beg him to come back. I mean, I don't think you could think step Mason nice and think he can do it right away. But Mason Fine knows the offense, and Mm -hmm. I kind of drew a comparison to Jake Mayer. Same type of situation. Mayer's got O-line problems. He lost his two top backs. He's lost a lot of receivers, although he got a couple of back. I I don't think he, you know, I think they got the same arm strength. Like, I see a lot of Mason Fine and Jake Mayer similarities. If Fine can play like Mayer, then I think the Riders have a chance to at least challenge for a playoff spot the rest of the way. I think, and I mean, you know, I'm not in the coach's room, I don't know, but I think they'd be content if Mason Fine was a solid game manager for the rest of the season. He doesn't have to win you games, just please don't lose them. And uh, Jake Mayer has had accuracy problems so far this year, while Mason Fine has 
never really been a huge concern in limited reps. So who knows? He might even look better than Jake Mayer after a few weeks. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. But I think, Pete, you've coached that uh, you're a highly accomplished amateur coach. You know about continuity and confidence and all that stuff. I think they got to give this kid, uh, barring him stinking the joint out, they got to give him a, a good stretch here, not pulling him out like a Chris Jones would. For as long as I've lived in Saskatchewan, Ryder fans have always lamented, how come we can never develop our own guy? How come we're looking for cast-off quarterbacks from other teams or guys coming up here from the NFL or on their last legs in the CFL? Well, here you go. Here's a guy that's been here since day one. He's put in the time. He's learned the offense. As the coaches say, he knows the offense probably as well as anyone, probably as well as Mitch Picton. And um, now's the time. Yeah. If he's got it, great. If he doesn't, well, then we'll move on to plan B or C or whatever there is. Let me take you to a couple of the, the, the big plays in the game. What did you think of the 54-yard field goal, Pete? Mm, I didn't think it was a great idea. Um, Lowther looked not good. He did not look healthy. That hamstring issue was definitely bothering him. He was actually limping on and off the field after each kick, so I'm no doctor, but that's probably not good. Um, I I would have tried to pin them deep or gone for it on third down. Yeah, because you leave a bunch of hoggies down there on the long field goal, you know, trying to cover, and you see what happens going back the other way. Tevin Jones on the Hail Mary of all Hail Marys. He scores the touchdown. Uh, There's some talk that maybe he should have run around and uh, killed some time, and in theory, I guess so, but come on. Uh, We were struggling so much as get to the end zone. Uh, too many people playing Madden coach is what I like to call it. Like, oh, well, this works in Madden, so it must be able to do it in real life. No way should Tevin Jones have been thinking about going down in that situation because, A, the Riders' short yardage offense wasn't looking real good that day anyway. And, B, I mean, unless it was a situation where you're winning or you're trailing by less than a field goal, in which case, okay, you're, you're in field goal range anyway, uh, get in the darn end zone and count on your defense to make a stop. And with that in mind, that's the last thing I wanted to ask you. Situational football. It didn't look like the Calgary receiver, Trey Odoms-Dukes, really got the concept that he should go down. He didn't get that concept. I, I would have loved for the guys to just let him run around a little bit or hold him up and kill the clock. That's situational football right there as opposed to having Tevin Jones go down. Yeah, that's a situation where Calgary is obviously trying to get as close to field goal range as possible in as few plays as possible. And there's really no point for a receiver once he catches the ball to run around, especially if you're surrounded by defenders. Get down and run the next play. So that was a mistake that, unfortunately, for Ryder fans, didn't cost the Stamps. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Pete, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Good job as always. My pleasure. Thank you. Pete Pasco, Halftime Huddle, Locker Talk, firing up uh, in the fall and access now sports, uh, well over two decades of doing that. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Yes, indeed. Joined by Sean Kleisinger, I'm Michael Ball. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Our text line is powered by the Capital Auto Group from Daryl in Yorkton. We may not find out how good or bad Mason is. It's hard to tell when you don't have a reasonable 
amount of protection or weapons. Well, hopefully things start to come back. Hey, it's football, man. We're getting our injuries early. Uh, this from Rick and Waverney. Ballsy, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't the Riders have $500,000 worth of cap space now or thereabouts? Well, it'll be a little less because he's played some games. Harris, that is. Um, so they could put out some decent money for a guy like Sean Lemon. Maybe he's a cancer in the locker room, though. Been on a lot of teams. They need something to spark that defensive line. I think they do miss Charleston Hughes, though, in the sense of being kind of a player's coach and teaching the guys the moves and everything like that. What they miss is a healthy Anthony Lanier in yeah, the they middle do. of the yeah, defense they do. line. They do. They do. And... Uh, and, and yeah, he needs to be in the middle. And then, you know, maybe Brian Cox Jr., he had a little juice. Takes a while to figure this game out. So, uh, and that should be a statement, too. Brian Cox Jr. was a main, like, he was in the NFL for five years and he played meaningful reps. And he didn't just walk in here and own the CFL. So anybody's like, oh, it's a Bush League. No, it's not. Get out of here. Here's another one I laugh at, man. Fans are like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to them on. I'm, I'm talking to these fans, and a lot of them are the other team's fans. So you take it with a grain of salt, okay? And and I didn't actually go. I didn't really go down the rabbit hole because there's nothing good can come from the sewer pipe. But sometimes I can't help myself. I'm not gonna lie. So a few of them are like, "Oh, you guys got lucky." You got so lucky with the Hail Mary and two punt return touchdowns. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. It's a Hail Mary, and yes, there is a a large amount of luck. But have you watched Aaron Rodgers play? He's become the king of Hail Mary. What's wrong with Twice against the Cardinals, once against Detroit. And what's wrong with the Hail Mary? The quarterback rolls out to his left across his body, the right-handed quarterback. He throws it down the field in the double coverage. The Calgary DB is dumb enough not to bat it down. It goes in the air. Tevin Jones, who goes up with the two guys, keeps his balance, his eye on the ball, jumps through the two guys and runs for a touchdown. Zinger, does that not take talent? The game of football is yeah. about luck. Okay, and then this Speaking one. Speaking of the Bombers, they're lucky that they got Zach Kolaris and he's playing the way he's and playing. And he's healthy, and everybody's healthy. And then the other thing is this. Well, and if you didn't get those two punt returns. um, Is this on? It is, Stinger? Is that on? I think so. It's hurting the my punt, ears. The punt return is the hardest scoring play besides maybe a block punt or field goal in football. You've got... Kamikaze's coming down to tackle you. That's scary. And you got to go the other way, and most of the time you don't get blocking. Mario Alford didn't do it once. He did it twice. So, yes, we got a Hail Mary. Yes, we got two punt return touchdowns. And, yes, we were very much in that game. And, no, it wasn't just all luck. He backpedals here. The booming kick taken at the 17 on the near side. Cross the 25. Shoots in the middle. He could be gone. He's going to go. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Book it. Touchdown, Saskatchewan. Super Mario. All right, so uh, I would give our offensive game star to Mason Fine, but we don't get a chance to talk to the quarterback right away. There's chaperone to TSN and to all the other media. So honorable mention to Mason Fine. But at one point, the Rough Riders in the fourth quarter hadn't been to the red zone, and they were only down 20-17. to 17. And they were because of this guy, Mario Alford, with two punt returns, not one, 
but two for a touchdown. He joins us downstairs. He's our offensive game star. Mario, uh, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. So take me through the first punt return for a touchdown, the 65-yard one where you bust it out left and take it down the Calgary sideline. Um, it it kind of clogged up on me at the beginning. Somehow I got out of there and uh, I just had speed around the edge. And then once I saw open field, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, and then of course, uh, and I I called it on the broadcast. It was kind of a lazy kick. That was the way I described it. it, it it didn't have any rhyme or reason to it. You kind of caught it up yep. on the run, which was great. Then the second one, their kicker boomed it. I wonder if he out kicked his coverage or you got great blocking because you only had one guy to beat. It was the uh, long snapper, and then you just shot through and you're gone. Yeah, I just, he out kicked his coverage, and uh, the guy was a little late getting around. And um, I, landed, I just saw a hole, and I hit it full speed. And once I saw the open field, and um, I just turned on my speed. Okay, you gotta you gotta help the common man here. Okay, <laughs> uh, what's it like? Take me like take me through that. The emotions and everything. Does everything slow down for you? Like you're running back 93 yards for a touchdown. You're going one way. Everybody's coming the other way, and that's one of the most dangerous situations in football in terms of the punt return. Yeah, it's, I'm so used to it now, man. And uh, I take care of my body good every you know every day. So. Um, I'm just used to it. been doing it for so long now. I don't even think about it. I just do it. Hey, uh, maybe more added uh, pressure on special teams and other facets while you guys try to get through these injuries. And now with the big injury to Trevor Harris. Um, Luke mentioned this. You guys are going to have to really probably the rest of the way till we find out what's wrong with Trevor and how things go at the quarterback spot with the young guys there. You know, win two-thirds every week. You've got to win special teams, and you got to win defense so you can flip fields and help your offense out. Is that kind of the mindset you think going forward right now? Yeah. I mean, we believe in Mason. You know, he, he, he prepared just like, just like he's playing every day. So we believe in him. And, uh, you know, we just got to do what we do and execute, and uh, everything will be good. Like I said, I believe in Mason. The team will believe, believe in him. So, you know, he'll, you know, he'll have to come in and do – you know and make it happen you know we hopefully nothing too serious with trevor obviously but um it's you know if it's mason turn it's his turn and um we got to step up and, and and do what he got to do yeah so take me through two emotions here well three emotions okay first off the emotion of your qb1 going down on that play trying to fight for a first down what's going you know what was the feeling like on the bench there well, you know, I didn't. I just knew it looked bad, and I just turned my head. Um, you know, he's just trying to, like I said, he's just trying to do what he what he can to to get a win and and make plays for his team. So uh, it's unfortunate what happened, but like I said, hopefully it's not nothing too serious. You know, we got our fingers crossed with that. Okay, and then take me through the emotion of the hail mary pass to Tevin Jones. What a great play all the yeah, way around. That was crazy. I, that was unbelievable. I, Everybody just shocked. Don't even know how that happened. So we we was we was so close. Um, hats off to them. Hats off to the kicker. So um, we just got to go back to the drawing board. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host Michael Ball. 
This is the Craig Dickinson Show, our weekly chat with the writer's bench boss about the latest news from the locker room. It's the only place where Dickie takes questions from Rider Nation. Welcome back to the show, Last Hour. It's always popular this uh, last hour on a Monday because we get first dibs. Coach Craig Dickinson, who I have a lot of respect for because he, I know it's part of his job, but he gets asked the same questions every day, every day, every day. Uh, show is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. We are guaranteed the best buying and selling experience, McDougalAuction.com. Coach, thanks for joining me. You're going to be asked so many. You're probably so tired. You, you, you probably think you're some sort of a medical professional the way you've been asked about all these injuries. Yeah. Well, Michael, it's, it's good to be with you as always. And I know that Ryder Nation is really interested in how the team's doing. And uh, unfortunately, we've had some injuries, so I get it. You know, and, and I'll do the best I can to be upfront and honest and tell you tell you what I know, which sometimes is a lot, sometimes isn't so much. Coach. Um, so we talked to you right after the game, so it was fresh, but we'll do a retake here because obviously we don't have the same audience. Some people are in and out. They're not in their cars by the time we have you in after the game. So what's running through your mind when you see Trevor Harris go down like that? Because that was a real awkward situation there. Yeah, we, first and foremost, you're really just worried about his safety and his health. And because he went down awkward, you knew he was hurt. Uh, so that's the first thing through my mind. It's not necessarily, uh, oh, boy, are we going to win or lose this game. It's how's he doing and is he okay. And, and I, I wanted to get to him right away and just, just try to calm him a little bit and let him know we were thinking of, thinking of him and, and uh, that the medical people were going to be there and help him out. It's interesting, though. I mean, you have about 15, 20, 25 seconds to think that way, and then you do have to go, hey, we got to win a football game. Did – now, we talked to you after the game about the field goal attempt with Brett Lother. Um, You know, he didn't practice all week, and uh, he has been a little bit inconsistent. But I wonder, and I had Keith Willoughby on, who is the, the dean of the Edwards School of Business in Saskatoon, is a regular contributor on my show. He thought, trying to go into your mind, maybe Coach Dickinson realized his sideline was a little rattled and he wanted to get that game-tying field goal to kind of give him a shot in the arm. Did that enter your uh, strategy? No, I didn't. Um, I mean, it's, it, I mean, I appreciate Dean's input and he's obviously a smart man being the, the dean of business, <laughs> but it, it was, it was a, just a decision based on the score. Uh, the wind was at our back. I felt like he had plenty of leg to get it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mate, didn't work out. You know, yeah. and we we teach our guys they got to cover. If if we miss a field goal, they got to cover, and we didn't cover as well as we're capable of. And in hindsight, you know, maybe punt was a better call. But I really did feel like we got a chance to tie the game right now. And and I got a kicker that I have confidence in. I know he can get it there, but he just. Just didn't hit it well, and I'm not sure why. Uh, we'll keep working on that, and and hopefully he'll improve on that. Is that one thing you're going to have to monitor this week as it relates to injuries, Coach? Will there become a situation where you might have to sit him down and let him rest? Because those those legs are wonky, especially for a kicker, right? Yeah, but see, everybody's opinion on Brett's injury, but they don't know yeah. really what's going on. He might just be tired. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't tell you everything that's going on, and the reality <laughs> is his injury – it's not much, yeah. <laughs> and it's not much of an injury. So if he had to kick tomorrow, he could go kick 100 balls tomorrow, and he'd be fine. So we're just 
handle him cautiously. Yep. He's on the injury report, Michael, because he doesn't practice mm-hmm. all three days. But the reality is he's got a hamstring that's been bugging him a little bit. He's had it all year. It hasn't really affected his power at all. Uh, but we just got to be a little careful with it. Okay, Coach, uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, a Mason Fine comes in, and, yeah, you got a Hail Mary pass that people are like, oh, you guys got lucky with the Hail Mary. Well, as I said a few minutes ago, it still takes talent. You still got to, you know, he's rolling out to his left as a right-handed quarterback. He's got to chuck it down there, and Tevin Jones has to keep his eye on the prize. Uh, that was a, That was a spectacular play. You don't see those too often, do you? No, it was neat, you know, and really – one of you know, if we could have found a way to finish that game, like 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 I hope we'll be able to in the future, it would have been really a nice feeling walking in. Credit goes to Mason. Credit goes to Tevin for making that play. Um, and uh, you know, it's just a shame we couldn't finish the game. But a very very exciting finish. And uh, those hail marys are, you know, if you play them right, uh, they're not miracle plays. You actually have to execute them. And I thought Tevin did a good job. On no, it. and I think one of the the most dangerous yet exciting plays in football is that punt return. Uh, Two beauties by your guy, Mario Welford. And, uh, man, uh, what can you say about that guy? Where does he rank among some of the great returners you've been around? Yeah, he's right up there. I mean, I know, you know, we know knew last year when we went out and got him what kind of player he was. All you had to do was look at the tape, and, and you could see statistically he averaged one touchdown about every three games. And so uh, he was one of those guys I hated coaching against because he is so dangerous, and I thought – Boy, if there'd be a way we could get him, so we were able to 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 make a trade and get him from Montreal, and um, he's been a great addition. I mean, probably one of the best moves we've made here uh, in the last few years. And credit goes to Jeremy for bringing him in because he sparked the team in a lot of ways. And on top of that, Michael, he's just an outstanding uh, person, great teammate, hard worker, uh, a guy that the guys really love and gravitate towards in the locker room. So you guys had the statement about Trevor basically is a broken knee. Uh, You haven't ruled him out for the year, although I think we're all smart enough to know it'll be a long shot, and you got to kind of approach it that he's not going to be back, and if he is, great. But a Mason Fine now looks like the keys are turned over to him. Just Just the thought process behind Mason Fine as it relates to you being the head coach here. Yeah, well, Mason's been with us a few years, and every year he's gotten better. Um, we felt like he had the best camp of all the young guys in terms of the, the guys competing for Trevor's spot. And so um, because of that, he was he was the number two going into the season. And we feel like he's done nothing but in, improve and increase his stock, you know, in these first five games. So we're thrilled to get give him the keys and, and give him a chance to – to run the offense and I, I think he's going to do well you know we're going to make sure we run stuff that that he likes run stuff that he's good at and we need to understand that we need to do a good job around him just like we would any quarterback mm-hmm. uh, but I think especially more more so for a guy that's making his third start coach what is he good at in your opinion I think he's got great vision and I think he can really throw the football so I think he's he's one of the quarterbacks that you know the whole field is open to him when he's back there um, and I think he's he's got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality. So we feel like our passing game should be strong with him back there, and we just got to make sure he doesn't, um, you know, he plays smart and understands when to say when. Mm-hmm. Throw it away once in a while if you're getting pressure. You know, don't try to 
try to make every play back there. I think that's going to be the key. Coach, uh, the first meeting with uh, the Stampeders, you guys had 133 yards from Jamal Morrow and really wore the Stampeders down. Did they do something to kind of limit what you did on the ground or make you go away from it? Can you just take us through that, please? No, not really. I think their defensive line played a little better the second game, but we were trailing most of the game. So when you're trailing... It's a little harder to run it every you know every down or as much as you'd like, uh, but I still thought our run game was good. I think we ended up with 112 in the game, um, so I still thought our run game was good. It's just it wasn't quite as good as it was game one. Mm-hmm. And I find it hard to. I'm not going to jump on the O line. It's hard to you know. Uh, excuses are like I said. Excuses are like buttholes. Everybody's got one, and uh, <laughs> a lot of them stink. But here's here's the reality. You guys uh, gave up seven sacks, but I have a tough time really critiquing because this team has been ravaged by injuries. But what are you seeing from the offensive line? I think in general our O lines definitely. I, I wouldn't even say I think I know our O lines improved from last year. We're better. We got better personnel. I think I think they're they're getting coached uh, very well by Anthony Vitale, and uh, I think we're going to be just fine up front. We've got to continue to to try to try to you know run the football on offense. I think that's always good on uh, for your offensive line, and we got to hopefully play with the lead. I think when you play with the lead, you got a little more of a chance to dictate what goes on, and your old line is is able to be a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I. I know our O-line's improved. Everybody in the building knows it's improved. I think everybody in the province knows it's improved. Can we play better? Yes. And Mm -hmm. we're going to need to continue to play better as the year goes on. Okay, and just two more questions for you. How about the D-line? What did you see from them? I thought Pete Robertson obviously had a great game. He had a sack and six tackles at the point of attack. And uh, Brian Cox Jr. got some heat at times. In fact, he forced that interception by Mayer running from his right to his left. I don't know if he got a piece of his arm, but he was around it. But in general, just your thoughts on the defensive line play. I've been pleased with the D-line. And Pete, Pete had, you're correct, had an outstanding game. In fact, we he gets the hard hat award. We give out a hard hat award every week for the, the most physical, the, the hardest worker, the, the guy that just grinds through and really works works hard during the game. So Pete had a great game. Cox showed up a little bit on film as well, and I just think uh, that D-line group's going to have to carry us because we've had a lot of injuries in the secondary, and I think the better your defensive line is, the the, the less pressure you have on your secondary. You had some uh, different pieces back there in the secondary, as you alluded to, Coach. Uh, was Were there a couple of communication breakdowns? Like Hawk and Ovanu got open in the back corner of the end zone, and I think on that play you guys had three safeties in the game to, pre- uh, to prevent something like that. Yeah, there was a couple of busts out there, and we're going to work hard to try to clean that up. But yeah. anytime you've got new players playing in different spots, it, it, it's a challenge, and uh, we'll have a few new ones again this week. I won't um, tell you exactly who just yet, but it's um, it's a challenge. And, and in the CFL, your secondary has to be similar to an O line. They got to play almost like five is one, and they got to be able to communicate. And uh, and it takes some time and some chemistry to develop that. So we'll keep working on that. And lastly, I guess we're we're into your week six. Uh, some of these guys went on the injured list early. Any potential of getting any of these guys back soon? Well, the nice thing is Lenius can practice this week, so we'll get Braden Lenius back on the practice field. He cannot play until the next week, so he'll be available mm-hmm. for the game in, in Halifax. So that's the only one I can tell you. He, he's the only one that's that's uh, that's close, but we'll have him 
back, all things you know, all things going well this week, we'll, we should have him back for that game in Halifax. One more for you, bud, before I let you go. How challenging is this? The most challenging for you as a coach, pro- probably as a head coach, in terms of injuries and everything going on. Uh, yes, yes, but you know what? I, I think we have a good roster. I, I think Jeremy and Kyle have done a really nice job of 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 getting players in here that fit the system, that fit our philosophy. And so it's it's next man up. You know, we don't spend a whole lot of time worrying about who's down because we got to coach the guys that are up. And and I think our our players have responded well to that. And this week's going to be a challenge. We're playing um, maybe the best team in the West in the BC Lions and. And they've got a good bunch. They're coming off a bye, so they'll be well-rested. And it'll be a heck of a test for us. We'll, we'll uh, certainly earn it this week if we can find a way to win. Have you started to formulate the week message, or do you do that, the week's message, or do you do that when you're riding the bike around town, get, uh, bouncing some yeah. thoughts around there? <laughs> it's a short ride for me, so I don't get a whole lot of thoughts when I ride the bike. And uh, But I'm starting to think about it. You know, really, it's, it's still about us at this point in the season. We're, we're going to study B.C. and and have a game plan going into this game of what we want to do, OD and, and special teams. But it's still about us, and I think it's still about uh, playing our style of football and trying to be a little better this week than we were the week before. Coach, thanks for your time, man. Uh, best of luck uh, rallying the troops as we head out to Vancouver. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's Coach Craig Dickinson for McDougal Auctioneers. We'll be back with more in a moment here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Coach Craig Dickinson joining us for McDougal Auctioneers. We thank him. Uh, Connor Bernard celebrating his 18th birthday today, signing his first NHL contract. Blackhawks signed the first overall pick in June's draft to an entry-level deal today. Carries a cap hit of $950,000 in each of his first three seasons. So that's not too bad for an 18-year-old kid. Kenny Lawler is going to be joining the Edmonton uh, or the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers when they play his old team, the Edmonton Elks. And that goes down on Thursday. He was on the suspended list in June, a move believed to have stemmed from his impaired driving charge from October of 2021. Uh, Taylor Powell. Yes, the household name Taylor Powell will get the started quarterback wearing number zero for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Who do they got this week? Is it the Argos? At Calgary, I At believe. At Calgary. Oh, that's a that's a big one. Sunday, I believe yeah. it is. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right. So they're uh, taking on uh, the... Uh, Calgary Stampeders and Jake Mayer. CFL averaging in week five. I don't have the week six numbers, but week five, 552,775 as the numbers continue to go up in terms of watching the Canadian Football League. For comparison, Major League Soccer in the U.S., 10 times the size of Canada, the U.S., uh, just 343,000 viewers on ABC last season. And the NHL on ESPN and TNT in the U.S. averaged 383,000 per game this past year. So CFL, doing well. Way doing better well. way better than, what was that number you said for uh, um, MLS? Yeah, MLS. Uh, 343,000. Well, yeah. better than NHL, 383,000. Yeah. Although MLS is more of a comparison in terms of the games they play, right? Because yeah. NHL, it's a lot of games compared to CFL. Uh, the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline for teams to reach long-term extensions with players in the NFL under the franchise tag came and went without new deals for running backs Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, Saquon. Juan Barkley of the Giants. Of the who? 
<laughs> Saquon Barkley of the Giants, which is kind of a surprise, I guess. Uh, Tony Pollard of the Cowboys. Derrick Henry wants more money from the Titans. No love for the running backs. For, uh, well, they're just not going to... Sp- I don't think, hey, unlike some announcers, I don't think running backs are a dime a dozen, but you don't want to overspend on running backs either hmm. because it is a very physical position. We're talking about like Derrick Henry here, though. Like, yeah. You're not going to just find that guy as a street-free agent anywhere. Oh, like, although he is getting oh, he's a lot of there's a lot of mileage on those tires. I I would think Saquon Barkley's the more home run hitter. Saquon Barkley is the Giants' offense. Or Jacobs, like yeah, he was great too for the Raiders. But they never really arguably appre- those are like the top three backs in the league right there, yeah. like top five. And for Tony sure. Pollard is the back with Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Because they got rid of what's his name, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Hey, when do when does Hard Knock start next week? Uh, well, this week, yeah, I believe. training camp starts this week, when, right? Well, Wednesday, I believe. Oh, I can't wait. Wednesday or Thursday this awesome, week. Man. New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, awesome. Aaron Rodgers very upset that uh, Hard Knocks is in the New York Jets facility. Threw a big Aaron Rodgers type tantrum yeah. when uh, that was laid on him. He can just go figure. He can just zip it. Anyway, yeah. So there you go from the world of sports. When we come back on the other side, we're hoping to be joined by the president of Football Canada, Jim Mullen, to talk about. The Canada Cup championship that wasn't because of the smoke. And there's a little bit of outrage amongst parents, too. Here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Not much sports to talk about happening tonight. I mean, the Toronto Blue Jays have an off day. They swept the Arizona Diamondbacks over the weekend. Some mighty fine baseball that was to watch. So the Jays have an off day. They are back at it tomorrow at home versus Ballsy's San Diego Padres. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Regina Red Sox Report. Came off the All-Star break with a game against the Brooks Bombers, I believe they're called. And they lost to Brooks in stinky Brooks, Alberta. And it was a stinker. 20-7. to That's like a football score. So they lost 20-7. to They're in action tonight. Fort McMurray, Alberta, the place where they will be taking on Fort McMurray. So the uh, Red Sox report brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Lots of great... Uh, Sports under one roof, including Blue Jays baseball. Tomorrow, CFL football rolls along. You can watch the Riders game with the uh, BC Lions there on Saturday night. And um, they got a great menu, drink specials, including a dollar off the tankards. And that is your Regina Red Sox report. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, so let's get right into it here. This has been a problem in Canada for a long time. The smoke and, you know, people... I don't. I don't know if any. I, I don't know that I've heard of any lives lost, but you know, property damage and things like that. It got kind of tense in Sherwood Park back in about a month or so ago. I know we've been dealing with smoke in Saskatchewan and Ryder training camp and practices to some extent here at times. But they had the issue in Edmonton this past weekend where the Canada Cup, the U18 Championship, being played, and they were getting ready for the finals in the in, in the. Uh, 
championship round and also, of course, the bronze medal game. And uh, it didn't materialize because of smoke. Joining us now, great president of Football Canada, Jim Mullen. Uh, Jim, obviously not a great end to what uh, was a pretty good tournament to that point. Yeah, it was a pretty good tournament until that point. It was really uh, well organized by the local organizing committee at uh, Football Alberta. They had to actually react to a number of things uh, throughout that week. Uh, The LRT was uh, chosen as the path of uh, transport for the teams. On day one, uh, there was a team on a platform, and a woman pulled a knife on them. And all of a sudden, we had to abandon that based on the risk and hire a fleet of buses to uh, move players around and back and forth. And then the smoke came in. We had indoor facilities for some practices that we uh, that we had to employ. And uh, by the time we got to Commonwealth Stadium uh, for the final, um, unfortunately, the uh, the organizing committee and the staff of Football Canada strung it out for as long as they could uh, to to play the final game. Uh, but uh, by the time we got to 7:45 at night, nothing had changed in the city. Uh, I was over in the uh, over in the hotel for uh, all of the Saturday. It kind of turned into my job to uh, receive uh, parents and families and talk with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were uh, anywhere from sympathetic to very upset. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know it was it was my job to uh, deescalate and explain and really engage them on a on a on a one by one basis mm-hmm. of two, uh, over two dozen of them. Yeah. Uh, throughout the course of the day and the night. And, you know, it's hard when a um, uh, single mom, for example, uh, for example, and I came across this a couple of times in these discussions, when you're putting $2,700 down to uh, put your kid into a, in, into a tournament and there's uh, recruiting opportunities and there's Team Canada opportunities and you come up a game short, you're going to have a lot of questions. You're going to have a lot of questions about contingency plans uh, and and other items. Uh, even though it was clear that the uh, that the air was unsafe in Edmonton, and I'm a guy from BC and I've seen a lot of smoke uh, mm-hmm. uh, from forest fires. That that was, uh, in a word, putrid in, in Edmonton. It uh, was really bad, ballsy. I um. So I know Jim Mullen, and I know Jim Mullen is a defender of Canadian football and promotes it at all levels and all versions of it uh, internationally. So I would, you know, I would uh, be on the side of thinking you involved in this mix would do what you could to make sure this game would go off. Because as you mentioned, there's recruiting, there's this. These kids go through such a process just to get to here, all the tryouts and all that type of thing. So it's not like we're just, uh, uh, for instance, it's not a preseason game between the Rams and the Dinos in Medicine Hat. This is a national championship. Did Was there ever any discussion about going to Calgary or Lethbridge or asking the parents, hey, this is going to cost us, but we can move this to a different location, you know, like like I just said? Yeah, there was discussion uh, both from the local organizing committee and from the staff of Football Canada on that. That started on the uh, night before. Uh, to uh, take a look at other alternatives, Red Deer was uh, was mentioned as an alternative. 
Calgary was uh, mentioned as an alternative. Obviously, costs involved in that. And uh, as uh, as you know, uh, we run on a, a fairly thin dime uh, mm-hmm. as an organization. We have uh, 5.6% of... Uh, of a finance and in comparison to say a hockey Canada, like mm-hmm. we, we, we're as a non-Olympic sport. Uh, we don't, we don't have uh, a lot of room for error when it comes to these things. As a matter of fact, football, Alberta, uh, on this because of some of the curveballs that were thrown at them, the cost of Commonwealth stadium that was essentially never used. Uh, you know, that's, that's a $60,000 price tag and that's big for, for a PSO. Uh, there, there is an indoor facility that was uh, that's attached to Commonwealth Stadium. It's not a full Canadian football field. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was discussion of having um, a, a shootout format in that field. Um, one of the teams uh, wanted to do it. Uh, that was uh, ready for the gold medal game. The other team did, and I'm not going to mention which team did and which team didn't. Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting consensus on that then you can't move ahead with it. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess perfect's the enemy of, uh, of good in this, uh, in this situation, or uh, maybe even perfect's the enemy of mediocre in this situation. There could have been some football played, but uh, one side didn't see it that way. Yeah, okay, that's, uh, that's good. That's, uh, that's why I have you on to bring things to light for sure. Hey, so here's something for you. What happens if... Because as you as you're well aware, you you have a hand in putting this together. So you know it's a lot of work. Uh, you know the Alberta organization, then you got the member organizations bringing their teams here. There's a lot of work and time and everything put into it. Okay, a lot of tears probably from parents and kids. Um, what if what if I'm just throwing this out there? What if some rich philanthropist wanted to put a game on and put money towards this? Would would could, could we still salvage something somewhere here? Oh, sure. Uh, there is a possibility of salvaging something. It would either have to happen very quickly or it would have to happen after the uh, high school and uh, and college season is over with. So, mm-hmm. you know, is there is there a place we can do that? Well, you've got two teams in a gold medal final, Saskatchewan and Quebec. Uh, you know, I've talked to a few people in Quebec City already about this, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, not to, not to get anybody's hopes up, but um, that, that attempt to get communication going out there to uh, go to a place where you could create a gate uh, that, could, uh, that could fund the travel. We certainly don't want families having to pay twice for the same event, so it has to make sense economically, or if there's somebody, you know, for instance, in the Saskatchewan community that would want to pick something like that up. Uh, we could do it in in the other direction as well. So, yeah. uh, if somebody wants to step up, either do it very very soon, uh, or do it at a time when uh, when football's wrapped up and we can have a very cold bowl game. That would be fantastic. <laughs> That's good, man. Rest assured. I just wanted to bring delight. Rest assured that you know. This wasn't a decision taken lightly. That's kind of the point I wanted to pound home, even though, you know, there's a wide range of emotions. And you know me, Jim, you've talked me off the ledge about some things before. <laughs> I probably, you telling me Ethan Ball couldn't play in a championship game after he tried and worked his, his ass off, I probably would have been up one side of you and down the other, and then we would have broke bread, had a beer, and been okay. But rest assured, you guys didn't make this decision lightly. No, not at all. But I also think that this speaks to uh, a deficit that we have in this country. 
of, uh, of indoor facilities for, for summer sports. Um, you know, we got great hockey rinks across this country. Uh, but, you know, in, in terms of uh, in Edmonton, uh, you know, that facility for playing indoor sports with, uh, with a few pews on the side so we can get fans into it, that doesn't exist. Well, Jim, let me stop uh, you. Let, a, me, let me stop yeah. you because I went – the very first recruiting trip my son ever took was to Footfield with Chris Morse in the U of A. It was a great experience. It was cold when we went. They had the bubble yeah. there. They had an inflatable bubble. I, I, I wonder, when I heard about this, was there any opportunity – does that still exist? Can it be put up in, a, in an emergency situation like this? Not in a day, not in two days, not in three days, about a week long uh, okay. process for that. And, and it may have uh, impacts on the kicking game as well. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, an issue with run out along the sidelines for safety. Mm. Uh, you know, your son uh, plays at uh, North Dakota. Right. A fantastic facility. I've been down there to the Alara Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and there are similar types of uh, facilities all through, uh, you know, that region of the United States going all the way down to. Uh, Northern Arizona and the Dakotas and the Kibbe Dome and all of those sorts of places. Yeah, you know, basically we're talking about an air- airplane hangar with uh, with a football slash soccer slash rugby field in it, with some stands on the side. Mm-hmm. Like, can't our communities find a way to do what they've done uh, for winter sports and do the same for summer sports? That's going to be the next step because I'll tell you what. These forest fires and these cycles with climate change, you can argue about climate change, what the cause of it is, but it's here. And it ain't going away. And we're going to have situations like this repeating again and again and again. And if we want to keep sports going on for our kids, we need those facilities across Canada in our community. Well put, Jim Mullen. Thanks for being very diplomatic and coming on here. I appreciate it, okay? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be home. great president of football canada jim mullen joining us on the western pizza hotline we'll be back with more in the sports cage in a moment on 620 ckrm